That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are live this week for episode 268 of the Big Gold Belt Podcast. I am the host here, Two James. I'm here with my good gentleman over to my left or right. Which way am I going? To my Your left, left over there. My left. <laughs> <laughs> Will Jamal and Damien, fellas, how y'all guys doing tonight? All right, all right. We alive. That's what matters. We- Another week survived in quarantine 2020. <laughs> You know, I'm surprised as much as uh, wrestling fans love to talk about ratings and statistics. I'm surprised there's not a countdown for how many days, weeks, and hours of, or how many consecutive shows there's been since the uh, isolation and everything has been happening. Uh, nonetheless, it, it damn, did, it damn sure did take the isolation or the, the quarantine or whatever you want to call it for people to stop actually talking about ratings. Finally, because I was kind of over over that. Are they still <laughs> talking about it though? I think they are. I think that I, I think they are. At least I, I think, the only talk now is just how it's an ongoing, you know, lowest rating ever. Right. As every week goes by, and it's like, yeah, that's what it is. So yeah, just, it, you can't judge these times by normal standards, you know. Yeah. Some <laughs> right. We talked about we talked that. about it weeks ago that this was always going to have some sort of asterisk attached to it when it comes to just broadcast and performance and ratings and things like that so when the history books you know for the year are written they're always going to have the COVID-19 dash attached to it no doubt. <laughs> yeah <laughs> man but we got a lot to talk about tonight um and hopefully you know everyone who's listening and ready for a ride because we got an array of different topics that we're going to dive deep into but uh before we actually get into things let's actually go back and recap um Impact Wrestling's Rebellion uh, that was on Access TV uh, Twitch and uh, the mm-hmm. Fight TV Network, uh, depending on whatever your preference is, on Tuesday. We did cover part one last week, so we might as well just make sure we give a nice little lovely mention of part two uh, before we get the show started tonight. And I, I got to be honest really quick, I was just a little bit disappointed because I felt like night one had so much momentum on it. And, you know, they, they, they tried some different things and I thought it worked. And yes, there was some great matches on night two, but overall, it just felt like, you know, it was just a regular style impact show. And if that's your niche, then that's fine. But I felt like, you know, when it comes to Rebellion and the stakes of Rebellion, how big of a show Rebellion is to that brand, I felt like they didn't arise to the occasion. And also with everything with with the pandemic, you would think like, hey, you know, this is an opportunity to try something different. It worked night one. What are we gonna do night two? So, you know, my biggest highlight, to be honest, besides, um, you know, and I'll give you a chance to say something on it, Damien. Uh, My biggest highlight easily of the night is just the commentary team, uh, Josh Matthews and um, uh, what's her name? Why is it slipping out? Madison Rain. Madison Rain. Amazing together. Amazing. And, you know, yes, they're, you know, they're in a relationship in real life, but like as a dynamic doing commentary, they got some really good energy um, and I, it's definitely one of the bright spots uh, of, of both of the shows. And, you know, once things go back to normal and she has to go back into the ring at some point, I hopefully they, they, they start, you know, they use her back on commentary to some capacity because she's just she's just phenomenal on it. So, but yeah, there were some good matches, but I, I give you a chance to give you a little bit of what you thought about the show. So I will second your feeling of the commentary because I was a little... I'm not going to say suspicious. I was kind of wondering, hmm, wonder how a kind of like a husband-wife tandem on air was going to work. And while, yes, they are in a relationship and there were for me flashes of 
They sound like a married couple arguing, but in a way that made it sound entertaining, less so than, I wonder how, it's the opposite of Corey Graves and Carmella if they did commentary. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that awkwardness ain't there. <laughs> no. I, you, I, saw, I saw Carmella go live like the day after, and, it, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I wonder who the name's going to be. And it wasn't Corey Graves, and Corey Graves wasn't in the video. I was like, yeah. They learned their lesson the day before that. They never do that again. <laughs> no, they won't, they won't do that again. And I was just pleasantly, I'm not going to say surprised, but I was grateful to, to know that Madison Rain, after her entering career is over, to, to kind of second what you said last week, two champs, she does have an avenue in, to kind of go into and be effective because the, the, the back and forth, the banter for me when it comes to commentary, you know, you have to be focused on the match but at the same time, be able to work off your partner. So mm-hmm. I'm going to mentally fast forward to the women's match where Nevaeh makes an appearance and Josh and Josh has for the last few years, he's always caught some sort of flack because he kind of just sounds like Josh and him constantly asking who's Nevaeh, who's Nevaeh. On one hand, it annoyed me. And on the other hand, when, <laughs> when Madison's like, man, if you don't know, I'm not going to tell you. Like, yeah. figure it out on your own. Yeah. I thought that was entertaining. Now, the matches itself, I mean, obviously, what? Chris Bay is someone that they're putting, you know, interest in. And and you and I have seen Chris Bay before. I'm sure all of us have at some point. Uh, he's a star on the rise. And he was one of their more recent signings that we all heard that Tony Khan and the boys wanted to kind of bring over to their side. And now he's with Impact. So it was a pretty decent four-way. Uh, I don't know who's under the suicide mask anymore. You know, insert wrestler A at this point. Uh, but it was entertaining. You could tell most of the show, it felt going through the motions for me. Uh, a lot of it, it just wasn't a lot of oomph. Uh, the women's match, you you kind of expected those two when you have Rosemary and you have Jess Havoc, and you're expecting them to you know, beat the living hell out of each other. And it was a pretty... That they did. Based on what we've seen them before, yes. But it was kind of tame based on what we've seen. The staples at the beginning were hilarious, but that's that. that, it was more just the annoying little sister kind of stapling, you know, her big sister. Uh, But that match was okay. Uh, the, the, The Joseph Ryan was the thing that caught me the most off guard because... I didn't think he could pull this right to sensory type gimmick off, but I honestly feel he's doing, and I know, I don't know if anyone knows who this person is, but man scout, it's like Joey Ryan's become man scout. And, and it's really interesting to see this right to censor air quotes, knockoff of Joseph Ryan. And <laughs> it, I, I like it. It's annoying. That's the point. Him being even more annoying now because he's so plain and and trying to be PC and things like that, and he won with a role, you know, his with his way of winning. And the, he's right when he went on air and said on online and said this is the most work he's done in a long time. I don't remember him doing this many wrestling moves and doing this many bumps in any Joey Ryan match in the history I've seen him. So bravo to him to expanding again his repertoire. Uh, the main event. <sighs> That was the that was the kind of uh, for me. Um, it it fell flat, in my opinion. I, I like Moose. I like Michael Elgin. Shoot, I even like Hernandez. I don't like all three of them together. I thought that was just 
<laughs> no, it was boring. It was plodding. It was slow. It was reminiscent of 1988 WWF. Uh, I It just turned me off. And after a while, I just couldn't put up with it. The best part was seeing the TNA World Heavyweight title. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and all of us throwbacks are kind of thinking, uh-oh, here comes Hootie anytime soon. You know, that's that's kind of what we're <laughs> kind of counting down to. But, if you know, I'm not a ratings dude, but if I'm going to throw one out, I'll, I'll say it was a four. Yeah, I, I did a full review, which is on the YouTube channel. So the only thing I will add was, um, you know, the Josh Matthews part that you was talking about. I absolutely love that because I really <laughs> do. I get so annoyed when somebody comes out and they're like, wait, who's that? And then all of a sudden that's like, who's that like twice? And then all of a sudden they know their whole backlog and everything. It's just like <laughs> either you do, you, either you know, or you don't know, you know, it's, right. it gets kind of played out throughout. So I love that he took a different angle with him. It's like, I really don't know who this is. <laughs> and I like how she, um, again, how they was able to bounce back off of each other off of that. But yeah, I absolutely thought the ladies, um, you know, cleaned up for night two. It, it was easily the best match for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just, uh, you know, and again, yeah, we've seen them all, you know, work plenty of times, but, um, you know, being able to do it in an impact ring uh, without, you know, having to really play towards the crowd where both of their gamuts really does demand that type of attention. Nonetheless, they did the best with it. I love the gear, um, the interest, everything was all on point. So, uh, but yeah, that, uh, I, not I, I don't have a rating, but definitely night one was absolutely much better for me. And um, night two was just you know a little underwhelming because of just how much potential uh, they went they had coming coming off of night one. Um, but you know, moving forward, also on Tuesday night was episode seven of Dark Side of the Ring. Before we get started, Silly Silas has. I, I guess finally joined. <laughs> yeah, I had some family issues. Uh, when the wife was needy for a moment, it delayed my uh, entrance. So apologize about. Don't that. get us in trouble. Yeah, don't, don't put yeah. her on blast don't, on this show. Don't dude. slander <laughs> nobody's name on here. I didn't nope, put this nope, show on blast. No one made you. No one made you get on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I was coming on, but right when I was about to come on, phone rings. Yeah, uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm here now, and I heard you talk about rebellion. Just, just real quick. Uh, just shout out to Moose just for a local DMV product um, for winning. And I know you guys went through that. Uh, Damon, I agree with you. The match itself was, uh, but, you know, it was just happy for Moose to get that title win. Uh, Moose looked damn good with the TNA championship around mm-hmm. his waist. I cannot yep. believe, and I, I had to go back and check. I cannot believe he has not had a singles championship nope. in Impact. So nope. I'm curious to see where they go forward with that. You know, now that that. Now that he announced himself and was announced as the champion, um, I, I you know I wonder where that goes. And if somehow, some way, they pull the trigger and have a Moose versus Tessa Blanchard match, I am going to be tuned in for that one because that that can get silly. <laughs> that can get silly easily. Uh, but yeah, so Dark Side of the Ring episode seven was an interesting one, and it was. I think this is easily. The funniest episode that they've had this entire season. I mean, this season has gave us a lot of emotions, uh, whether it be emotional, you know, mm-hmm. wh- whatever you have, a, you know, you, you got from each episode. But all these episodes triggered something. But I think the the, the humor hasn't struck yet. And this one absolutely did. <laughs> um, in case you didn't know, it was uh, episode seven, David Schultz and the slap heard around the world. Where uh, David Schultz, uh, shall I say? Okay, so hold on. We'll, 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 I'll let you all get your, you know your different opinions about this. But for me, this was a job of Vince. Vince knew exactly what he had on hand. First of all, when you when you when you think about 
all of the characters that was backstage. He could have used anybody. He literally mm-hmm. had, I mean, if you have ABC coming in to do an interview, you could have used any of your characters. And let it be known, David Schwartz was one of the most authentic wrestling guys, full-blown, him times 10 character on his roster. But he knew about the guy, <laughs> and he, he and he knew exactly what he was doing when he tasked him to do that interview. So, <laughs> I, like, I couldn't stop laughing because I was just like, you know, this feels like, you know, Vince McMahon called out for a care package, knew he was in trouble, and he was like, I got the perfect person to go ahead and do this job. But nonetheless, so he did the interview. Vince told him to stay in character, and the guy straight up asked him, uh, um, what's his name? John. Uh, John Sossel. Sossel, yeah. Mm-hmm. Asked him was wrestling fake. And you, come on now, you, you're not going to ask that to a, a, a real legit, like, wrestler who's just, you know, his whole purpose of being in the business was to protect the business. And he definitely, he, John definitely tried to G-check him with a stupid question and got a receipt for it. So, <laughs> nonetheless, the question is, and you guys can give, uh, you know, responses to the question and reaction is that, you know, given the time, was it the right time to protect the business at all costs? That's the real big thing at all costs. Was that the right execution in response that David, Dr. D, uh, should have given it time? But overall, you know, outside of the question, too, what was your just your, your quick overall reactions of the episode? So <laughs> didn't this remind you of the time when you grew up and you're like a fourth or fifth grader or maybe even a teenager? And you try to start a rumor saying this guy wants to fight you and they have no beef with each other. And then when they do that, <laughs> somebody says, well, I'm going to fight him because I know you said something about me and the person never said something about me. That's what it made me think about, <laughs> um, which was very hilarious in that aspect where Vince comes to, you know, Dr. Day like, hey, this guy's coming in. I want you to be in character because he's going to make you mad. OK, I'll go interview him. <laughs> and then you tell me I got to be in character. And you have your top heel re- relatively at the time, you know, will make that reaction when somebody calls his business fake. Um, that's that's what it felt like, you know, going back to when you're like a kid in the schoolyard and you, you know, starting rumors about that. But my reaction to it is um, based on how that time was, you kind of did have to protect the business at all costs. Mm-hmm. Kayfabe was, you know, up there. You had to make sure, like, for example, like they said in, in the script, um, if you are wrestling a guy that match and he's your top rival, you can't go out to dinner with them later. It, it, it won't make nope. sense. Because that's what the time was back then. Like, it made it seem like these guys had real beef outside the ring. Um, so it, I, I understand wholeheartedly why it happened. When you think about it now, it's like if that happens today, it won't be that serious. But it was, it was groundbreaking back then for it to happen. Um, but I still think it's pure hilarious entertainment of how it happened. But then the interesting concept makes me think about John Cena and Roman Reigns now. When Hulk Hogan had did that on, uh, I forgot the guy's show where he basically choked them out, put them in a wrestling hole. Oh, Richard, Richard Belzer. Yeah, yes. And nothing happened. It's like, uh, the same thing would happen if Roman or somebody would do something outrageous versus, let's say, uh, Cedric Alexander. I don't know, you know? It just, <laughs> it, it happens that way. Right. But here's the difference in the between the Richard Belzer incident and the John Stossel incident. There's a difference in my mind. The Belzer incident was sloppy. It was ill-advised. But in the end, it's really an accident. It wasn't an assault. The The Dr. D incident is straight up two guys talking to each other. They both have an issue. And then one of them hauls off and hits the other. So there's the, the intent is much different 
in the Dr. D scenario. But mm-hmm. like you just said, Silly Sellis, I think the key factor here is it's a product of the time. It's a product of the time it happened in. It was December 1984. People just at that point did not openly talk about wrestling being fake. And you sure weren't going to hear it on any wrestling show. There was no sports entertainment term even really being used at that point. Hogan hadn't even been champion a year. So even though people, you know, in the neighborhood knew it and your parents would say it, it wasn't something you were going to hear on TV. So when it came time to protect the business, Dr. D's like, hey, this you told me to go out here and protect the business. I'm going to protect the business. Did he jump too far over the line in doing that? Yeah, I'd say he did. But, you know, who knows? He probably is thinking, well, I'm not going to punch him. I'm going to slap him. But it's like, hey, you know, you still slapped him so damn hard. They had to pay $280,000 to make it go away. Hogan also said that uh, the dude laughed at him. And (laughs) regardless, we we know exactly what the intent meant by saying that. Saying like, Mm -hmm. oh, he he thought I was some joke. And although it made it look like, well, obviously we've seen what happened because he passed out. And then he apologized. But there was a little bit of intent in that as well, too. You know, I think I think on both sides, in both these cases, you have these wrestlers being confronted by someone who's got a bit of a chip on their shoulder. They're trying mm-hmm. to make a scene. They're trying to kind of get their digs in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're pushing some buttons. It's a TV yep. show. So mm-hmm. and it's and it's that it's them doing their show. That's the other thing. Stossel's representing ABC. He's doing his news story. So mm-hmm. he's trying to get what he wants. Richard Belzer is on his show, his talk show. So he's like, yeah, you're you're on my turf. You know, it's not it's not the other way around. So I think that's also part of it, too. It's like they're, they're goading, trying to go these guys into a reaction. And I think in the end, they got a little bit more of a reaction than they wanted. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jamal. We haven't heard you yet on this topic. Uh, yeah, so I haven't watched Dark Side of the Ring, uh, largely because I don't know where to find it. And also, meh. But as far as, as, far as the um, incident goes, I know of it. And basically, it's the same thing, whether it's Lawler versus Andy Kaufman. Mm-hmm. And you guys mentioned uh, Richard Belzer and, and Hogan. Uh, if somebody came to any one of us and said that for the work and the effort that we put into making this as good as it can be, and said, well, you're not a real journalist, or you're not a real broadcaster, or you're not a real artist, because you don't meet certain criteria. You're not backed by a corporate company, or you don't broadcast on the radio, or whatever. You just sit in your pajamas, wearing your wrestling t-shirts, and talk about a fake sport. You're not a real this. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd be offended. And mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of where that kind of comes from. It's not necessarily about protecting the business from itself. It's about protecting the integrity of the work. Mm. Because nobody goes up to an actor and says, you didn't really die in the Let's Planet when, when, you were, when you were blown up because the asteroids <laughs> and lizard people came. Yeah, double did that. Like, well, no shit, dumbass. It's, it's, a, it's a movie. And I think, like, you know, you, people can put two and two together that you're watching opera for theater for jocks. That's what wrestling is. Right. But nobody needs to come out there like a dick and say it. And that's the, but then when that person does, it's like, come on guy, why can't you let the people have nice things? And in every single scenario, you're this five foot, two inch, 185 pound journalist with his pen and his little micro pad. And you're coming up to Sid Vicious. (laughs) And you're telling him that his life's work is 
irrelevance or, or liken it to a kid's game. Yeah, that's, yeah, you deserve to get slapped. And, and unfortunately, you know, that is assault. So you're going to have to think a little bit harder about what your actions are. Right. But I'll be damned if somebody comes up to a figure skater or a gymnast or a basketball player or a hockey player or, or anybody and says, well, your job really isn't relevant because you're playing a kid's game. Oh, no, you deserve to get slapped for that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I think another key thing, too, is that when it comes to Dr. D, you know, he, I feel like he did what he did because Vince told him that. And I felt like, you know, he felt like that was his job, you know, to do that, to protect mm-hmm. the business. As, when it comes to wrestling, his job was to protect the business. And as the episode ended, he also said a lot of what Jamal said. He said, I'm a guy and I don't like to be disrespected. Do anybody like to be disrespected? So you saw the you saw the person and you saw the wrestler. And, you know, much like when he, you know, went on to be a bounty hunter, it's the same thing. He's like, I, I, don't, I do not want to be disrespected. I refuse to be disrespected. It just happened that he didn't want to be disrespected, and it also came with a purpose of the job and protecting the job, and he did what the boss told him to do. So, right. you know, if it's tell you what to do, especially back then, maybe even so now, a lot of people are going to do it regardless. You know, well, it's not just that, but but I think this is also a different conversation than when Jordan Grace said that wrestling isn't real; it's it, wrestling is the sport; it's performance art. I mean, that's very different because there's a logical, you know, connection that can be made between the two. And it still is within the spirit and the integrity of the business. But if somebody mm-hmm. said that their life's work is being marginalized to mm-hmm. some kind of parlor game, or even though that may be apt because wrestling was a circus shot show way back when, and then it broke out from there and became its own thing. But to reduce and marginalize somebody's life's work, you know, to come on, guy, this is bullshit. It is, is the height of disrespect. And I think that, Maybe maybe the boss told him to go and protect the business, but honestly, you don't have to reach that far when somebody comes out of their mouth like that, especially a guy that doesn't watch it. So for all wrestling fans, on behalf of all wrestling fans, fuck Colin Cowherd. Oh, is that, that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, that's a recurring theme here. We always say it's the hell with Colin Cowherd. Yeah. I like Colin, though. I, I did like not see Colin. I did not see that coming, but yes, to the same degree. Yeah. <laughs> I also want to slap him, actually. That's actually not a bad comparison. I would love to see your wrestler. A, it's an amazing comparison. Mm-hmm. I would I love dare to see him. Slap the crap out of him. Just, I know. dare him to say that to any any wrestler, male or female, but I dare him to say that to Samojo. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I will say this real quick, and I'll throw it back to you, Jamal. You know, when you say, like, you know, Dr. D probably shouldn't have did it. Again, much like uh, Jim Cornette said, he didn't full-blown reach back and smack. He gave him about a 45-degree angle smack. He could have went full-blown 90. He could have hit the the Stephanie McMahon special from SmackDown versus Raw, but he gave him a 45-degree great C version of it, and it still put him in twirl. That's the L one-button maneuver. Yeah, it's, it's, it's great. Yeah, you guys should definitely check out that episode. It's on Vice's uh, YouTube channel. It's also yes. all over YouTube, actually, because mm-hmm. a, ton, a ton of people just posted up. Um, the, our review is on our YouTube channel as well, so you can see a full-blown, uh, in-depth uh, review of that episode toward its entirety. Uh, but for the show and the podcast purposes, we're going to move forward to our next thing. I will hand it back to Jamal so we can talk about what the hell is happening in Florida now. 
Right. So the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, uh, Republican, he is trying to reopen the state. Now, it's not it's obviously easier said than done. On the one hand, they have some they're encroaching on a million that has filed for employment in the last uh, month, month and change. Uh, they also have close to thirty five thousand uh, infected down there with uh, nearly two thousand dead. Um, so with those numbers, let's all go to the swimming pool. And that's what DeSantis is trying to do. Now, the part he's going to reopen the state bit by bit. I don't live in Florida, so I don't care about that part. The part that relates to wrestling is that in his three-step phase of reopening the state, having live events open into the fans is step two. And hopefully, eventually, the trend of infected and the overwhelming of hospitals subsides. That honestly needs to happen for anybody who was for it, and we get back to what normal was six months ago. Hmm. But in small cases, the state of Florida will reopen and has reopened in some small parts this weekend with beaches and stuff like that. Related to wrestling and other sports, as we've reported before here, that uh, not just wrestling, but other sports, the NBA, is thinking mm-hmm. about moving into Disney World. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means that mm-hmm. hockey's probably going to take over Universal Studios and SeaWorld. Um, they're going to put, <laughs> uh, you know, Major League Baseball is thinking about, you know, running their baseball complexes in spring training and the other mm-hmm. half in Arizona. There's a lot that can happen in Florida, considering that the weather is generally decent, except it rains every day at 4 or 5 p.m. for no reason. And <laughs> And, and that you can get, a, they have a lot of venue space. So good on you, Florida, except the large majority of cases of infected are in the Miami, Dade, Broward County area. So, uh-oh, uh, that is not particularly close to Orlando where a lot of the base of operations are gonna be, Disney World, uh, AEW's in Jacksonville, the far north of the state, um, WWE's in, outside of Orlando and Winter Haven. So. DeSantis wants to open the state and he wants he's shooting for this timeline of having live events with fans by mid-June. Now it's April 30th. That's a month and a half. Mm-hmm. And they've just and they're still at a positive 350 new cases a day, which is down from 500 new cases a day, but it's still a hideous amount of people that are being affected by the plague, and it is the plague, um, down there in Florida. And it also opens up to, for destination travelers as people are going to want to go to where the fun is. And as they are desperate for revenue to get the economy back up, the long and short of it is that don't be surprised if we see live events with fans happening uh, within the next six to eight weeks. Also, don't be surprised if we see extreme social distancing within those uh, venues as well. One of the things that he said was that don't be surprised if you see maybe three people in a row at a baseball stadium or maybe, you know, 500 people in the building versus 10,000. I don't know what that guy's looked up to you, but, you know, being everywhere that we are around the country, even if the thing opened today and we, and we, and we, kill it. Trump pulls a string out of his hair and pulls him into a cauldron, comes up with a vaccine, everything's all good. When will the be, when would you be comfortable with going to a live event 
a live wrestling show, a baseball, a movie theater, going to the barbershop, except for some of us, going to, <laughs> you know, going to be that close of intimate contact with other people again. Well, what's that looking like for you guys? It's a brilliant So let, let me add something to you to that. Um, so when I was on the phone with my wife, part of the conversation she was talking about was when she would start back at work. Um, just make a long story short, she's in California, as we mentioned on the show before, shooting season two for Family Reunion on Netflix. Um, but one of the things that they're doing out there is all the major studios, Paramount and everybody at the same time, is trying to come together to have everybody reshoot or re, you know, begin shooting again uh, for their shows. And right now in California, they're looking to do that around September. Um, at first, they was like, they don't know when they're going to do it, when it's going to come back. So it just comes to the point. And once again, when they did their studio shows, they used to have a live audience to shoot some part of their shows. But that's going to be canceled now for the rest of the season. Just adding on to what you were saying, Jamal. Now, to answer your question, when do I feel comfortable? When would I feel comfortable? Um, me personally, and maybe I'm, I'm the negative of this, like today, I went to the mailbox and the mailman was putting in mailbox in the feeder. And I literally I was next to him. But I was thinking, should I be close to him during this time? I'm just checking my mail. And it's like people are going to have an apprehension of, oh, wow, I'm standing two feet next to this person. Am I going to get corona? But for me, as long as I feel like I'm just being OK and washing my hands, doing what I'm supposed to do. You know, granted, I know germs happen and things of that nature and I can just be cautious. I, I will be OK going. But do I have the urge to go? I don't. Um, and I think it's going to be a mental standpoint where people are just going to be comfortable standing next to each other. Um, people that we grew up with, like, for example, me and two chains known each other for a, a long time. Like, I know, like, if he's not sick, I can stand next to him. I should be able to shake his hand or, 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 or give him a hug or dap or something like that. But can I do that now just because, oh, he doesn't know where I've been or have I been around somebody with corona? And it's just so weird. It's just a mental capacity that people are going to have to get over just to be okay of just being in the same vicinity of people. But it is a brilliant question. Yeah, yeah I, I think you got a number of hurdles we're going to have to cross before I think live events strike me as something that's like, it's so many steps down the road yep. before we are going to be at that, that it's, it's just so far. I'm thinking like people got to get back to going out to eat at places, going on their daily commute, just like all these little mm -hmm. things that aren't happening right now. And once they get comfortable with that kind of stuff, they'll be kind of like, okay, maybe I can go to the movies. <laughs> you know, Maybe I can go to the store and not have to worry about wearing gloves, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And it's like to get to the point of like a live event, that's that to me in my mind, it just seems like that's kind of like the last rungs of where I find, okay, things are back to normal. It, it, it's going to take so many steps before that to, for mm -hmm. I think to get to get back to that. Even if it's smaller crowds, it's just going to be like there's so much of daily life that's been disrupted, and that's like you know such an extra indulgence to me. That's like okay to go to a wrestling show. Yeah, I gotta be like everything else is kind of gotta be back to normal first. I think before that's going to like happen. And then on top of that, I was talking to people about it earlier this week with um. Jericho is selling tickets for his cruise next year that just, mm. you know, opened up. And I'm sitting here and thinking, like, one, who's looking to go on a cruise, cruise after right. a global pandemic, knowing how right. cruise ships are? And then number two, who's got that kind of disposable income right now with how many people have been out of work? 
So that's the other thing is even if everything's okay, people Trump gave everybody twelve hundred dollars, so you can go on. <laughs> I still haven't got mine. People cashing in those Trump Trump dollars already. So I mean, that's the whole other factor in the room is I think even if people get comfortable with it, it's like so many people are just they've been sitting out the last month and they ain't been working. So when are people going to have money to spend on this kind of stuff? I think that's a whole nother factor that measures into it. So I mean, small crowds are obviously going to happen first. But I will say this. I think DeSantis mentioned this also when he was going around about it. I would be more apt to go if it was a show outside as opposed to in an enclosed mm. building. Mm-hmm. They did something like Good run point. a show like at, at Full Sail, but out like in the courtyard. I'd be more comfortable with that kind of idea. Being like, okay, we're outside. We're not like closed up in this one building for three hours. Yeah. So little things like that is what keep popping in my head. So the problem, the problem with that is, I'm sorry, Damien, uh, is that just it just came out in uh, a bunch of different medical journals. I want to say New England was one of them. Was that we're starting to learn that the virus itself can attach to particles of pollution and be and stow away on those and drag itself across town. It's not necessarily <laughs> airborne in that I cough and it goes everywhere in the air right. carriers around the world. But it can linger in the air for several hours. Definitely too, probably more than that. And that's why they're saying that, you know, if you cough, that's why covering your mouth is the most important thing that you can do because those particles get into the air. And if you sneeze into your elbow, it's not going to save everybody, but that's going to do 100% better than nothing at all. So it's not necessarily about being outside it's about being away from people because you can't not everybody knows when they're going to sneeze especially if you're outside where pollen is because that's going to be a thing and and also you can be asymptomatic for a couple weeks so we those people dumbasses in michigan that brought their guns and their red hats to the uh the thing to oppose the tyrannical oppression of, of, of governor whitmer in um in michigan yeah, they were shoulder to shoulder in the state house grounds. But the bottom line is, is that if one person, just like with AIDS in the 90s, it's not a matter of if I got it. Do I trust any of you guys to mm-hmm. be as comfortable yep. around uh, around it as I am? And the bottom line is, is that I don't. So that's why I think that this is part of the problem. You're either going to die trying to live with the with the virus or you're going to just have to hurt for a little while financially at first, physically, mm-hmm. maybe if you get it. Mm-hmm. And that's why staying at home and being you know, distant and mitigating the, uh, the spread of the disease is the most important thing people can, people can do. And for dumbasses that want to go to the beach um, and want to think about going to live shows or to a cruise or to the moon, that shit is dead this year. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I will say really quick. Oh, first off, uh, Damien, I just noticed like that chosen of the Adam shirt. Pretty dope. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. I'll be I'll be taking that off of you. And uh, and well, shit, when, when we're going to be able to if travel and when. again? <laughs> <laughs> if and when, to keep with that same like if we ever see each other, you know. Yeah, show. right. But for me, easily is. To, to be honest, the beta trial has to go first. All the people yeah. that's so desperate to get get up out there and go to the shows, then mm-hmm. go for it. That, that's all up to you guys. But I think it does come down to policy and procedures. 
recommend and, uh, and obviously fi- following the guidance and following the recommendations and let's see if the results are in the pudding so that would be the first thing for me there's really no timeline on it because every state is running at a different um at a different pace a different timeline and so on but you know whoever's going to be the initial state if it is going to be florida to do this and run shows and people are going to attend i'm just curious to see how they do it you know do our fans is it mandatory to wear masks is it mandatory to wear a particular type of clothing you know, do you have to do you have to be equipped with hand sanitizer? Who knows what it may be? I'm just curious to see, you know, the people that go to the event. Matter of fact, um, was it California is the first state to, as of today that is doing free testing for everybody. Everybody. Yep. Yep. They so that. so here's the here's the here's the thing about that. California is is setting the mark right now with doing that. But California also said we're not doing anything until 2021. So yep. with them being ahead of testing, but wanting to be the, you know, and already saying scratch this whole year, that mentality is like, OK, I can get with that. But then Florida's like, oh, no, we got another solution. And that's going to be the open at this point. Who knows when they're all oh, their available testing is going to be. So, you know, again, the beta testers, we'll, we'll see how this plays dividends for California. We'll see what happens with, with Florida. But for me personally, yeah, I'm, it's, 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 it's going to be a no for me, dog, for 2020. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to see. And, and again, I, I said this to one of my friends, and I'll stay truthful to this, is that when people say they want to, there, it's going to be a year for them. I don't think that necessarily should translate from whatever date that you, I mean, um, excuse me, from now until the end of 2020. But if you're actually going to say a year long of you're going to wait it out, I think, you know, the, the the responsible thing to that to that statement is the day your state opens and a year from that to see what happens. Because we've seen states like uh, Georgia, you know, open up and more cases come about. So, you know, I don't think and I don't think, you know, I don't think they plan for that to happen. But nonetheless, now we're here. We don't That's know. The problem. They didn't plan for that to happen. Yeah, and and then you got and then you got Nevada, who's like, <laughs> I can't even believe I'm even about to say this. We're gonna have to change the, the topic. <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to say this. But they're talking about, hey, we're gonna open up all the casinos, nah, and, nope. and whatever casino has the most cases will get shut down. Like, <laughs> huh? She's gonna sacrifice y'all for the greater good. Sneeze guards at the poker table. It's like. <laughs> You gamble your life and you gamble your chips. Literally. It's like salt. It's like salt right now. Yeah. It's so I don't know. For me, it's just I just want to see more more statistics, more information that comes out. Um, and you know, I wanna uh definitely see uh the the peak. You know, once once states that have hit their peak, I want to see the decrease in numbers and everything. There's no rush. It's it's too big of a risk. I mean, hell, say I was like, I really need to get to California. I'm also probably nine times out of 10 are going to have some layover in, I don't know, Texas. Who, who knows? It, it, you just never know. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, it's risk like that. And it's just, you know, it, for the better good, because, um, you know, obviously getting, if you do get sick, it reflects more than just yourself. It reflects, right. you know, employment, your household, all that other good stuff. And you don't want to be, you know, the ignorant one desperate to do something when the time is just not right. If I could just add this one quick thing too, just going back to what uh, Jamal kind of said, um, and once again, I'm being on my soapbox for 30 seconds. When we think about our life right now, like as far as covering your mouth when you sneeze, covering your mouth when you cough, doing the proper way, washing your hands after you use the bathroom or washing your hands before you eat. It's these little minute things that I hope people really take seriously because I think yeah. that can go a long way 
to helping, but people are not going to do that. Um, just being a soapbox. And then also, I, I really got put onto this. I don't know if you guys saw it too. It was like a 30 minute show on Netflix that talked about like the state of the coronavirus and compared it against other things. It really was a good, interesting view yeah. for a quick 30 minutes just to give a, a generic perspective of it. Um, but once again, sometimes it's the simplicity of cleaning your house or cleaning this. You know, we should be doing that routinely, but when people don't, it, okay, my soapbox is over. So, <laughs> so a, a two found thing in relation to Florida and Texas. So as everyone mostly knows, I live in Dallas. Tomorrow, we're supposed to be starting phase one yep. with 25% capacity of, let's say, just being out and about and potentially being in parks, like parks have been open, so they're going to be a little less lenient or stringent, I should say, on, on social gatherings. So I worry about that, for one, because where I live, I live in a north northern part of Dallas, and everybody in their mama is walking around without masks already, except for your boy, because I'm not trying to play that game where, hey, Y'all think it's all hunky-dory because we're up here away from the major city part of Dallas, but we can still get sick. Now, the funny thing about Florida is I actually was asked by a recruiter to go interview in Orlando to work uh, for a broadcasting studio that I will not name. And they wanted me to come in and fly in and ask me, when am I available to fly in to be able to go to their studio? <laughs> In person and do my little, you know, spiel or whatever and meet with the studio heads and this, that, and the third. Sounds like a promising deal, man. And I thought, are you effing kidding me? <laughs> I you don't want that bad? Joking. Yeah. <laughs> they were joking. It was like, oh, y'all, y'all kidding, right? No, we want you to, we're going to fly you in. Not that flights are expensive anyway, but we're going to fly you in and uh, we'll have you here for about a day and a half and we'll try you out. And I was like, no. Hey, 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 look, if they really want you, tell them to get an RV and come pick you up. Give me the Lex Express and then we'll talk. <laughs> <laughs> so so, so that's, what, that's why I think with DeSantis saying all this and people already jumping the gun like the last month and a half didn't happen already is really negligent. And I'm sorry, but I love wrestling. I love bars. I ain't trying to go to either or anytime soon unless, you know, really hardcore precautions are being taken into consideration. Uh, gloves, mask, sure. Spaced out seating outdoors to Jamal's point. Great. Other than that, nope, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, we'll, 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 we'll definitely revisit this topic um, in the next weeks and then see how this all plans out. But yeah, it, like to be honest, independent wrestling is, this wrestling period is the furthest thing Yep. Of my to-do list on 2020, considering this, I, if you've been to a show or an indie show or or you know a, a bigger promotion show, unless my experiences have been different, fans should are just really bad at personal space. <laughs> so they're bad at bathing. Fans, are, <laughs> yeah, fans yeah. aren't known for the hygiene to begin with. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's call a spade a spade. I mean, it I, is what it is. It. At, at times, you just want to pull out your Dr. D card because people just be all up on you, man. <laughs> no, I, I spray them. I won't even slap them. I spray them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get into the last topic for tonight. 
Go ahead, Will. All right, all right, all right. So as, as we're talking about COVID-19, I mean, it's affecting everyone. It's been affecting all the shows for over a month now. And one interesting aspect I think we're seeing in the past couple of weeks is that both AEW and WWE have been forced to use very different talent than they normally would because of just remotely who's available. And as Damien was just talking about, who's willing to travel? You got people in different parts of the country that are like, I'm not hopping on no plane. So they're having to react to this. So we're getting very different rosters of talent between the two shows. On AEW, we're seeing a number of indie faces that you wouldn't normally see on there in different roles. And WWE is leaning heavily on the NXT talent in Florida. And whether it's someone like Austin Theory or Angel Garza in a very prominent role, you got other NXT folks that obviously they weren't planning to use anytime soon, but they're being used as enhancement talent. So it really got me thinking, who are we liking in this new presentation from the companies with like different faces that, you know, darn well, under normal circumstances, we would not be seeing some of these people right now. So people are getting opportunities they wouldn't normally have. And then that said, also, there's a whole lot of faces that are absent that since mania just ain't been around so what happens when those folks come back but who, who wants to jump in on this first silly sellers what, what are you what are you what are you thinking so so the person and i even talked with this with mark is off the air who's you know part of our group and does a lot of the twitter work um the one person i'm the hugest fan of right now is austin theory and i know we've known about austin theory for a while and everything but to me when i see him on this level he reminds me of a young randy orton and when you think about what Randy Orton did, you know, at the same age frame when he got into evolution or started to transcend into that, I see a lot of those characteristics that Austin Theory can have. And this is like the perfect time where he's using that mid-card tier to elevate himself to be, you know, somebody that we can mega star. That five, maybe four or five years from now, this probably propelled him to be one of the top or the top guy in the business because he's still young. Um, but I see him as a young Randy Orton right now. Um, that's just been amazing me with his talent. Yeah, I can I can totally see that. He's he's a guy that we know they've had their eye on for years now. Mm-hmm. I mean, heck, they had him pretty much in evolve under a WWE deal for all intents and purposes right. to like yep. use that as like a finishing school for him to to expand on Austin Theory. I know we mentioned it last week as I've been calling him Zelina and Los Wapos as an entire <laughs> unit, I think are amazing. I love them as kind of like the big mm-hmm. heel unit on Raw. And of the two shows, I would say Raw is the one where we're seeing the most of this, where it's just they yep. have so much time to fill. So it's like, OK, they're getting a huge chunk of time as like the big heel stable for Drew and Drew McIntyre and the baby faces to work with. And then at least a couple times on Raw, you're going to see a couple job matches now to just mm-hmm. whether it's Bobby Lashley or somebody and they'll throw them in there with a random NXT talent. Mm-hmm. So yep. That's been an interesting thing. And AEW has been doing a lot of that. We had all kinds of discussion online last week about Kenny Omega and Alan Angels out of Georgia and that how there was just too much given to this young indie guy getting a shot on TV and how that was just not okay, many people thought. But then you had the flip side of the coin where people were like, no, give this kid an opportunity. What else are you going to do during this time period? So why not give him something? So you have two very different trains of thought on how these people should be used 
in these in these different formats. D- Damien, what do you uh, what, what's your opinion on that? Because you're, you're you're a big indie guy to know right. like a lot of these indie wrestlers, and it, it's rare a lot of them. I mean, they'll get opportunities, but not quite under these circumstances where it's like, okay, you actually get to show something as opposed to just getting thrown around Thanks like a rag doll. Mm-hmm. No, then and you hit the nail on the head where. All the last few years, all you've ever had that one-stop, two-stop indie darling that shows up randomly on a Raw or a SmackDown and gets stomped out by Braun Strowman, uh, and they don't stick, uh, save for someone like James Ellsworth. But for AEW to have indie talent showing up and randomly putting on competitive matches or reasonably competitive where they get their you know, four minutes or three minutes to shine is, for me, a welcome breath of fresh air. Uh, I've never... And I grew up in the age of, of, of squash matches on Superstar and Challenge, like a good majority of you. And <laughs> I, I don't, I'm not a big fan of squash matches now, especially when it's okay. Someone who's four foot nine against someone who's seven foot two, really, dude. Like I don't really need to see <laughs> that. But for WWE and Los Guapos, which I think they are a, a very easily readily, readily available stable because no one likes pretty people, and everyone in that group is pretty even Austin Theory's weird head body ratio self, but <laughs> I, I, I think his head don't match his body. Just, just if you do a head to toe comparison, it just doesn't work. Uh, oh, now you got to make me look, hold on. I never paid <laughs> but overall, like watching raw and this is the most raw I've watched in the last two years because they're letting by no choice, almost unknowns or people who we may not have seen otherwise what the two fly guys now with ricochet and cedric uh you got yeah. los guapos you have apollo cruz even with the weird knee tweak uh part of the gimmick mvp's bringing up shane thorne and and, and uh brandon what's his name uh verk vink uh Vink, i think yeah as as a jobber tag team but they're getting burned so that's interesting <laughs> now when ko and the and the rest of the party comes back are we going to remember all this again? It goes with the asterisk. I, I guarantee you a lot of us aren't going to remember, but that's why when they had this time, they're able to kind of show out over those three hours, man, I forgot Ray Mysterio was part of this angle on Monday. And I'm thinking, Oh yeah, raising this. I don't really care, but I care about Aleister Black and Apollo Cruz. So for me, that is the only selling point for me as a, as a fan of, I want to see these, enhancement talents get three to four minutes i want to see these people who wouldn't get the shine otherwise actually get some work in and you know what a lot of them are going to stick and then when some go back to nxt they can use that as some sort of weird heel gimmick saying i was on the main roster you saw me on monday night what were you doing you were home doing nothing blah 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 blah. and thus we have storylines for the future Mm. go ahead jamal so here's the thing as much as I like the idea of them using indie talent or unsigned talent, and obviously they've managed to bring in a few people that, uh, you know, AEW specifically has managed to do a few people that we want to see more. I think the long and short of it is, is you have this two really, they're, they're the same boat, WWE, whether it's the main roster or NXT, uh, they're in the same boat and the AEW's in the same boat, different boat, smaller boat. But the bottom line is that they, the way they handle the situation is night and day. Uh, WWE with the same, uh, you know, jobber squash match. You know, you get eight seconds, maybe throw a punch. 
mm-hmm. and do the job and you leave. And AEW is actually drawing some buzz by saying that a person maybe kicks out of a move that they shouldn't have. And I think because we've been so conditioned from the WWE way of doing things over the past 20 years since WWE is left, since WCW is left, is that when we see a no-name guy in there, you know, you root for the jobber for the lulls. I mean, you don't really expect him to do anything, let alone win. And now that we have some real suspension of disbelief that this jobber, A, is getting an offense, B, the offense is actually pretty crisp, if it assuming that it is. And then, hell, he might actually win this thing. Oh, no, he didn't because it's a jobber. I don't know why you thought, but it was nice to have that glimmer of hope. It's only happened a handful of times in WWE, and it's largely been by accident. And that was James Ellsworth, you know, the big one, um, where they gave him a microphone. And, And honestly, if they had never done that, would we even know his name now? Right. Right. So... I mean, it's it. That's probably the biggest one that I can think of recently. But yeah, it's 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 a night and day difference how the two companies are handling it. And I don't know which one is better because we don't know from a storytelling perspective what WWE is going to do with these jobbers. Because but they've also done that trope to death. Yeah. You know, some Alistair Black's just kicks people in the face and then he leaves, and it's not interesting to me. Doesn't build his character at all. Uh, AEW brings a guy in who. You know, and whether it's not Mike, it doesn't even have to be a jobber. A guy like Darby Allen came out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that Darby was ever a jobber, nor should he be considered one. He is absolutely where he needs to be in AEW, though he should have won on Wednesday night. It is well, I didn't think so. But uh <laughs> but still that's you gotta start from somewhere to make a star. Yeah. And whether it's Anna Jay, who kinda came out of nowhere. And now people are checking for her. Uh, AEW brought in Abaddon for, uh, from Denver, who is this like living zombie gimmick that's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, that was bananas. Um, but then they have these people that they also have brought in that are not established names on the, in, on the national scale, like Big Swole, like Britt Baker, you know. And then they've made them into somebody, you know. And then, of course, bring in the Japanese wrestlers that are not super known in the U.S., and then they made something out of Hikaru Shida. You know, so it's it's part push, part talent. You can't go all the way with, with just one. You need a push and let the talent carry you. Or you have to have a talent to get pushed. Either way, you need some kind of both. And for just to have an eight-second squash match doesn't really do it, except when they do it with Warlow, because that makes sense in the storytelling. Warlow 6'4", 280, made out of steel-cut oats, and he's going to fight Marco Stunt. Well, no shit what's going to happen. Uh, Marco versus uh, Brody Lee last night, or versus Lance Charles the week before. And Marco still got some offense in, and you have to imagine, and it still wasn't this massive loss. They actually made it believable. And that's why, like, in a different way, Keith Lee versus Angelus Lane is one of my favorite matches in Nova Pro history. Mm. Not because the match happened and it was this wrestling classic it was because of the story that they told that it was just really well done especially since it's a big guy versus this woman of any size because she's a woman and we have to treat them as such no they told a hell of a story and i think unfortunately much like with the triple h segment on friday night which was bananas 
WWE, I... <laughs> bananas in a bad way, by the way. Right. Oh, no, no, no. Bananas in the absolute best way. <laughs> yeah, don't misunderstand me. It was gold. Because I have no idea what the hell it was or what happened. It was the most interesting of anything that I've been in WWE in a month. <laughs> because it was such a train wreck. And I wanted to know everything about it. Silly yeah. this is done. We're shutting it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <He> out. <laughs> no, I, I I think you're right um, on a, on a lot of that. Um, number one, seems like WWE they get desperate whenever there is yeah. some type of virus <laughs> going on, and then their bookings just gets you know the, the normal book is thrown out, and then they go back to this little last minute plan, and it has proven to showcase and highlight. Uh, people who are talented and um, really put on some good quality uh, televi- te- television, uh, you know, no matter if it's a Raw or pay-per-view, whatever it may be. You've seen it the first time with um, what, was, what, what happened with uh, that pay-per-view. What, what, what was it again? With meningitis? One, uh, one, yeah, when uh, uh, Six Man of the Year, Viral Meningitis came through. Yeah. Um, what is, that was Backlash, maybe? Yeah, Backlash, right. So you've seen what happens when that when that happened. Um, and then obviously when uh, that that thing in Saudi Arabia happened, not a code, might as well have been a code. It was <laughs> TLC, people... by the way. Okay, well, it was, I remember. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then and then now with this, you know, um, the pandemic is obviously forcing them to really reshuffle the deck, and obviously we're getting some really bright moments out of it. So it, it, again, this is really on par with some on, on things they've been doing for a while. Um, seeing NXT talent on Raw, I think feels different because of what you're saying, but nonetheless, they've already inserted that NXT is a third brand. So it's just people moving lateral and uh, that's what they got to do. And, and obviously because of most of the NXT talent living in that area, they are available. And, um, you know, these people have really worked hard to be in the promotion that they are and be on the stage that they're given. So it just makes sense. Um, so nothing's new to me there. I do love the people that's getting highlighted and showcased. I think that's really cool. And I think they are deserving I've said it before. I'll just say it again. I, I I knew Austin Theory at some point was going to get that 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 strap and that rocket pack on him, and was going to take off. Didn't think it was going to happen this way, but here we are. But what AEW is doing is really interesting, and a lot of what Jamal said is that, you know, when it comes down to independent booking, you know, that's 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 typically what it is. You have your you have your homegrown talent, the people that's you know that's either live by the promotion or can frequently make the travel and then you have your attraction that's brought in and it's your job in order to tell a story between the two people that gets you know um fans invested to want to buy those tickets aw doing it on a on a much bigger stage and a, a much bigger budget and they're using local indie talent that are you know good talent nonetheless they just never had to showcase to do so we know they can we know they can do the wrestles and we know AEW can tell the story, and half of the story is either told by you know the promotion, uh, the, the vignette that they're running if they get one. Social media work is obviously a tool, and then obviously it's because you're putting in putting them in the ring in a position with somebody who's talented, who's been doing it for years, with somebody that's never had to showcase. And organically on paper, that should just work, and it has worked. And I think it's cool because some of these people, again, whether they are potentially going to be signed or they're just giving a one-off, but they're, they're, they're giving a showcase. 
I think it's cool to see some of these people who's been working so hard. Now that the Indies are shut down, this is a way of giving back. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that they're using different people, um, a, a, a different diverse amount of people too. People, you know, have a little bit of buzz to them. Some people have no buzz. Some people who has just specifically local buzz. Uh, I, th- I think it's cool how they're just pulling from all over and they're giving people to highlight. And, and on top of that too, here's the biggest thing, like we talked about in the, most of this show today, it's the risk. And hey, if you're going to have me to roll over my bed and give me an opportunity, which is great. I'm forever thankful for that. But we also know that there's a huge risk of health of me, my family, and so forth, which I, you know, there's rumors that AEW is doing on-site testing for people, which is cool. If you're going to put everybody through all the ropes and stuff like that just to get in the ring and just to lay down, you know, this is not just the opportunity and potential employment in the future, but this is also just the risk in my own health and my family self. So, like, that's a lot for me to just come in and to, to, to not do anything. Hell, you even got your own people who are signed not willing to do this. So if you're going to do me, at least give me an opportunity to showcase the world who I am. So I think there may be a little bit more room for negotiations here at the table, considering that one, they need the people. And obviously, if you're going to need these people, you're going to have to give them a fair opportunity to show what they're going to be able to do. Um, because nonetheless, um, you know, this is a help. Let me help you help me type of situation. Mm-hmm. And that's 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 what it's feeling like. And hopefully, a lot some of these people that they're using, they do stay because I've I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the spotlight um, and, and the platform that they've given these people who's been working hard for so many years to finally get an opportunity. So it's it's pretty cool. Um, All of them should join the Dark Order, <laughs> <laughs> especially after they've been beaten. It fits the storyline. Yeah, no, seriously. I mean, that's that is a thing that definitely happened. What what I do like about it is that AEW is pulling from the roster that we didn't know that they knew that they had. And that's that's interesting, is that they have a lot of these people like Sugar Duncanton and Anna Jay and all these people that you know that have come up, and they put them on notice and said, like, hey, you're up, kid. You got five minutes to make it work. Instead of doing, you know, replaying, uh, you know, a pay-per-view or replaying a 30-minute long interview session or whatever. You know, they've been able to come out with actual new wrestling content instead of BSing us for 45 minutes with a 30-minute match and commercials. So, number one, good on them for having the connects to go down into the well, deep down the bench, and say, hey, if you can do it, the money's waiting for you. You, We're going to give you five minutes on TV. Yeah. And a lot of wrestlers would absolutely take that on any day, let alone this day. Mm-hmm. But, oh, but but the bottom line is, is that they like, AEW continues to think outside of the box compared to traditional booking. And unfortunately, until somebody puts a gun to WWE's head, they just don't act. They have their play. They have their playbook. They're just going to run, run it. Power eye, halfback toss to the right. And that's all you're going to get. <laughs> That's all you want to get. Oh, it will man. go for a touchdown one of these times, but it will mostly go for four yards. <laughs> there is no lie there. There is no lie. Four That's yards. A, so, oh, amazing geez. analogy. All right. Well, we, we we are getting up on our time, so let's get ready and wrap up the show. But let's uh quarter uh sort of go down these list of news real quick. So back to you, Jamal. I'll go over a couple of these things really fast. 
Okay. Uh, like uh, three things really quickly. Oh wait, um, can I can I can I say something really quick? I guess you're gonna have to now. <laughs> can, can we can we can we just go back one time, one time to the good old days to to do we care? Actually, that's well. I mean, you you literally didn't let me finish. <laughs> so, um, see, we 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 know we be knowing. So. Uh, there are only a, a few things that are happening because everybody's talking about the big uh, things from WWE and honestly Vince McMahon having the worst month of his life. Um, <laughs> there are rumors. Uh, WrestleVotes on Twitter is a pretty good account to follow. Uh, they, they, he, she, whatever, has been fairly accurate-ish about backstage news and, and notes and basically has been confirming what we kind of already been seeing, especially last Friday on SmackDown, is that Mr. Van is kind of over it. Just whatever it is, if he's not going to put on a traditional show, fuck it. it. And I think this is kind of the events that we're getting. And I think that's an interesting point where it's just like, well, I think if they finally, we finally broke Vince McMahon uh, between the uh, class action lawsuits, uh, dark side of the ring involving mostly WWF stuff. Um, you know, the XFL, the lawsuits from that, and then you know his revenue streams being taken. I don't know how many ads you're getting about free T-shirts from WWEShop.com, but good lord. <laughs> I mean, I, this I, I'm too just, good to miss. I am waiting for somebody to tell me that I've won the Nigerian lottery instead of a WWEShop.com ad. Um, but yeah, that's you know just interesting that McMahon. It will be interesting to see how they go going forward and how. If they do get live events, uh, live audiences in a month or in a month and a half, it you know be interested to see how they go for it. So, do we care? Uh, the first thing is NXT AEW ratings came out at four o'clock today. Do we care? No. Good. Absolutely not. Good is right. <laughs> Same old story. They continue to drop. MTV's beating everything on Wednesday nights right now. Even the news. So it is what it is. <laughs> Yeah, no, um, it, it definitely is. It's um, Jerry Lawler uh, says some, uh, some, some very interesting commentary. Um, and then uh, Thanos must have got to him because I haven't seen him since. <laughs> uh, but apparently there was some, some news that came out uh, from uh, Lawler. Uh, oh. do, we, do we care? <laughs> what was it? Well, if we don't care, I'm moving on. Oh, well, I don't care what happens to Jerry Lawler. Then you're, no, fine. Okay. Hey, hold on. You just reminded me. <laughs> Nap him from existence. It's okay. You just reminded me what made me laugh so hard on, on, on Tuesday when Dr. D cut that promo with the family and then the fans with the Vince McMahon and said, we need his air dress. We're going to arrest him for child abuse. And they was like, that's not really his family. <laughs> <laughs> not his kid. Not his not wife. My kids, not my wife. Hey. <laughs> Go ahead, Jamal. Um, and then, of course, there were, uh, lastly, uh, do we care that there were more WWE uh, releases today, um, you know, going, go adding to the list. I think they're up to about 30 now. Mm-hmm. Uh, do we care who this, these people are? I think most of you know. Yeah, we know. Well, I okay. think we'll mention them since it's like, well, there was like two this week, as far yeah. as I know. I only care because Curtis Axel had a 10-year career, and I turned around and realized, wow, he's been there 10 years. Holy crap. Well, hasn't Titus wow. been there longer? And he's not cut. <laughs> exactly. Titus yeah. got that Dad of the Year award. He ain't going nowhere. He is and not I going nowhere. I just wished him happy birthday on Twitter. 
I saw t- when I seen the Titans on their flyer at the National Stadium and in Tyson's Corner Mall, I was like, that man's going places. And then immediately after that, Vince McMahon happened and he was not on TV. <laughs> so he's not offhand. So <laughs> who knows? Who knows? And the last thing is that uh, Nia Jax changed her Twitter profile picture. Uh-oh. And it's actually fairly accurate. But I'm not sure if she's doing this as a rib to the uh, trolls or if she were hacked or or whatever the case is. But do we care about this uh, Nia's fairly accurate Twitter uh, uh, pic bio picture now? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? Let's hear. I haven't seen this. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, I'm interested. Yeah. So basically, uh, Nia Jax has changed her Twitter profile picture to like a, a, a poison control center, like skull and crossbones type of deal. That basically, and the caption says, danger, stay away. Um, <laughs> with her, like a superimposed face over where the skull would be. And of course, the skull and crossbones, you know, but below it. Um, it's a cornball. Yeah, the, uh, the, the comments have been particularly interesting because people generally agree, like, oh, at least you know what we've all been thinking. <laughs> Run wild with it. She, she was on a receiving end of wit. You know what really made Becky's career take off? She needs to run wild with this right now. Embrace it and just keep going. All right, man. This this could be something interesting. I'm I'm, I'm for it. I'm all the way for it. Good for well, her. Well, she's not like most girls, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at, at this point, there's no reason for her not to embrace it because Lord knows anyone complaining about it, they'd also be the first ones whining about not wanting to hear an apology. Right. So. It's you might as well run with it. You milk it for what you can. Steer into the skid. She'll make money off yep. of it. They'll probably make a t-shirt yep. that says stay away from me. You know, yep. I'm dangerous. Whatever. It's fine. Yep. She'll make money exactly. Um this 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 is a particular new something in the news I'm surprised we didn't bring up. Um, so I'll just go out and throw this out there really quick. Um 2K Sports is discontinuing WWE 2K. Now, I, I, I guess this works. Do we care? No. 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 <laughs> after, seeing, after seeing the trailer, no. Thank God. Thank God. No, they, no, they, they, they're stopping the 2K, the 2K brand of WWE, and they're coming right. out with something else. All yeah, of it can go that, away. That's all that trailer. All Battle, of it can Battle go away. Yeah. All of it can go away. But 2K, isn't that the same thing as WWE All-Stars? That was a thing for Xbox a couple years that's ago? That's the first thing. That's the yeah. first thing I thought about. Yeah. Or that, uh, it looks that, like they're trying to update that. Yeah. yeah. It'll be more of like an ar- arcade fighter type. And if you don't know what that is, uh, you know, people, it's like if NBA Street were a wrestling game. Right. That's basically right. Exactly. or NFL Blitz or one of those goofy things. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Get it yeah, out of so, here. I mean, it's a shame because like the best wrestling game of all time, people would argue that it's happened on the Nintendo 64. And that was 25 years ago. And that's uh, that's a damn shame. Yep. yep. So I mean, whether you think it's WCW versus NWO Revenge or No Mercy or WrestleMania Mercy. 2000, um, you know, pick one of those three. All of those games are still 25 years old. Yep. 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 Also, that's when they hit right, the sweet spot. They yep. really yep. did. Also sitting right behind me, and 2K needs to just stop with their microtransactions and all that. They're 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 killing the game industry, and all their games have just been trash. So. To stop it. Well, it's the um, Madden formula. You just put a new coat of paint on it every year and say, "Hey, exactly." 
Not to mention they're trying to bring back NFL 2K. So, uh, you know, hell hell with that, too. Unless the first person quarterback view comes out, I may be intrigued to see that just one more time. So. Uh, but, but, but to be fair, though, let, let's let's just say that they do bring back uh, any series. What changes in the offseason but in any major team sport that warrants roster. a $60? Nothing. Right. That's not $60. Yeah. Just be yeah. right. Roster update is all you need. Yeah. Right. And, and so a roster all update. that money. And, and you make all, first of all, 2K, $60 for the game. If you want your player to become 99, it takes you to 250 You mean to tell me by going 500% over the cost of the game that you can't generate a new game next year. No, they, they like you said, new coat of paint, updated rosters. Here you guys go. Um, I have not bought a 2K game in five years, and I haven't bought a WWE 2K game in maybe four. But uh, yeah, I, I was done. Like, uh, uh-uh. you can't get I me that 2K12. That was it. Can't get me. All right. Well, I think we are done for the night. It has been a very interesting night of topics and so on before we sign out uh gentlemen is there anything else that we should mention or anything before we get done uh, korean baseball all the korean baseball the japanese are starting up next month it's in a very exciting time to be a taiwanese baseball fan go toyota <laughs> dragons take them to win it all baby we, and the Rakuten Golden Eagles. <laughs> and don't sleep on Daewoo this year. Daewoo number one. Oh, Rakuten now. Oh, God. Uh, well, look, sports fans will cream for anything at this point. So they'll wind up watching the Taiwanese Baseball League for sure. Damn straight. 4 a.m. I'm on it. <laughs> Yo, hey, also, shout out to those SFL guys that got drafted by the NFL. Way to spend that those first five games and make them really something. And on that note, too. Yeah. Maybe I'll go see an XFL game. That might be safe because I may be the only one there. You oh, are because you're not running. I'm still grieving about the loss of the XFL people. Ooh, yeah, I mean, if you said you have a time back. machine, can we go back to Gettysburg? It's <laughs> all <laughs> <laughs> so Carol Baskin's fault, bro. That's, that's whose fault this is. Uh, I, I, Killer Cross debuting next week uh, on NXT TikTok. So. We're finally going to be able to see him and Scarlett in a WWE-specific ring. So I want to see what they do with him versus how Impact misused him, apparently, uh, when he was had his run there. Because I was never a Cross fan because of how he was using Impact. But I saw his indie work. I saw he, he was a lot better than I thought he was. So I'm interested to see what he does for NXT, especially working with uh, Ciampa. Right on. And oh, didn't I read somewhere that Casey Catazaro was released by WWE? Months ago, yeah. There was Imagine. a rumor about that for a while, but obviously mm-hmm. after last night, she is still there. And I don't think she ever left, but, you know, <laughs> no, there's, no, there's, there's that. There is that. All right, we out. So, um, yes, this has been episode 268. <laughs> we'll be back next week with more topics and more to discuss. And until then, everybody be safe. Continue to follow those uh, regulations and or not. isolate yourself. Yeah, or or Wash or yeah, or go to Florida and and um, let us know how it goes. Also, go I forgot. I forgot. How did we not mention Paradise Island UFC? 
because they're going forward Uh-oh. with that. Oh, that's a go. That's right. Yeah, they, Fight they, Island they, is coming. They, so we'll we'll talk about that next week. We'll see how how's that going to go about. They went from a they went from a hey we're going to do this to a no you're not going to do this to they're back on board. So interesting things are happening. But uh, until then, we'll catch you guys next week. Thank you for tuning in. Oh,